Can you imagine praying for a month, two months, years, and then you just get so exhausted with praying that you say, God, well, I've been praying for a long time and you haven't answered me. So I'm going to move on from this. And you just don't know that right around the corner, the door that you've been knocking on all this time, that that door was ready to be opened in your life. And so we have to keep knocking. We have to keep going until what we're believing for, until those things manifest. Welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in a book club but don't have time to do either. I take care of it for you. My name's Andy. And Joan Murray is in the 30 Second Book Club podcast this week. She's the founder and CEO of Joan Murray Ministries and Seeds of Hope Worldwide Missions. So, Joan, let's start here. Just tell me your background and why you wrote this book. So, um, my background is been teaching the Word for many years, and the ministry we do, um, we teach here and internationally. And I actually wrote this book because um, so many people struggle with trusting God during difficult seasons. And I was having one of those difficult seasons, actually, as I wrote this book and had to persevere through that difficult season to get the book written. And so this book is written for those that are struggling, that those who don't know where God is in the middle of their struggles, that they're wondering why they're going through the difficulties they're facing. You know, as you look throughout the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation, you will see that people struggle in their lives. I shared stories for Jeremiah and so many other people in the book that struggled, but they trusted God in the final analysis. And so this book is written for those who may be going through a struggle, whether it is a health, a financial struggle, a struggle in their relationship or in their marriage. This book is written for those people who are struggling and need to know that they can anchor themselves in God during this time. So your first chapter, you're talking about how God sees me and um, talk about, you know, if someone is struggling with feeling unseen and unnoticed, especially I think in this world where we're still kind of social distancing and yes. we're more isolated, how can we feel, how can we know that God sees us? Yes. And so in this chapter, I actually started the chapter of the book by sharing about going to an event when I started the ministry and this lady gave me a word. And so later on in the day, I saw her and I wanted to just go up and say thank you to her. She was talking to someone and she never acknowledged that I was standing there. And I felt so unseen and so dismissed. And so when you think about that and you think about that, the story of this particular chapter is about Hagar, how in the middle of her struggles with um, Sarah and Sarah, she was disrespectful to Sarah when she got um, pregnant and Sarah began to abuse her and she ran away and she encountered the angel of the Lord, how God saw her when she met the Lord, the Lord knew her name. He addressed her by her name. He did not look down on her because she was a slave. And so God saw her value, even though Sarah may not have seen her value as a slave. The same thing with us. There are times in our lives when people act like we are not visible, like we're not there, where we feel abandoned, like nobody thinks we have any value or anything to contribute to a situation. In those seasons, we have to remember who we are in whose image we've been created. We have been created in the image of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we look like him. And so even though others may dismiss us and may make us feel as if we don't, we don't have any value, the Bible says we're fearfully and we're wonderfully made. And so we all have the image of Christ in us. And when everybody else dismisses us, God is right there with us. When they dismiss us, God is there. And God wants us to know that he values us. And that was the story of Hagar. She was overlooked. She was undervalued. But when she ran away, you know what? She experienced God in a way that Sarah never did. 
She met the angel of the Lord. And when you study the Bible, the angel of the Lord was talking about the pre-incarnate Christ before he came to earth. And so she met the angel of the Lord twice hmm. and had conversations with him because God saw her. And so then she gave God the name. You are the God who sees me because God saw her and placed value on her. So that's my encouragement to those who are listening. If you don't feel valuable to anyone, know that you're valuable to God. And if you were the only person on the planet, he would have still sent Jesus to die for you because that is how much you're loved and how valued you are. Jonah, I love what you said about uh, in the chapter before I formed you talking about joy is coming. And I think so many of us um, are just going through tough times right now. And you think, yeah. you know, how do I find the joy? How do I wait for that moment, you know, that everyone tells us is coming, but man, I don't see it right now. Yes. The scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Okay. And so the reason why the enemy goes after our joy is not necessarily because he wants the joy. He wants to steal your strength because if you don't have any strength, you don't, you're not going to do very much. You're not going to accomplish mm -hmm. very much. And so what we have to know is there's a difference between joy and happiness. And I really talked about that in the book because we equate joy with a happiness. There's a happiness is a temporary emotion. It depends on what's going on in your lives at the moment. And if those things are going well, joy is an internal emotion that comes from a relationship that comes from time spent with God that comes from knowing that the presence of God lives on the inside of you. And no matter what situations that you're facing, even though they may be tough, there is this internal joy that you can pull up and ask God to help you. So joy is very stable. Happiness goes up and down based on our situation. So you, you have to tap into the joy that's in you. Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father, help me to release the joy of the Lord that's in my heart because it's a gift. It is something that he's given to us because we have this relationship with him. Joan, I, uh, I think uh, especially with what's happened this week, a lot of people have been talking about justice and justice has been on their mind. Mm -hmm. And I love um, your chapter talking about giving me justice. And you, you talk about the uh, a parable that I think a lot of us have maybe read, but it, sometimes it's hard to understand the, the parable of the persistent widow uh -huh. and, and how you're supposed to stand your ground. So yeah. talk a little bit more about that. And so this was a woman who uh, had no earthly support. It's apparent that her son, the person that would have taken care of her after her husband died, that he had died. And she went to the judge. And the judge would not give her any justice. And, you know, she, the scripture says she did not, went, did not go a couple of times. She went continually. That means she was persistent. And every time she went before the judge, he would not hear her. But she never gave up. Gave up. She stood her ground. She, she made sure she continued to present her case before him. And so even though the judge did not see her, he did not value what she had to say. The scripture says because of her continual going, at one point, the judge had had enough. He said, this woman keeps coming to me. And the only way I'm going to get rid of her is I have to give her justice. He did not give her justice because she deserved justice and because she was right in going before him. He gave her justice because she wore him down. Sometimes we have to stay at it until we get the breakthroughs. 
we get frustrated, we give up easily because we're exhausted, we're tired of praying, we're, we're tired of persevering, we're tired of pushing, but we have to stay at it. When you know that what God has for you is what he has for you and that this is right, you keep going back to God. And then God equates the story of this unjust judge with himself. Not that he's unjust, but because if an unjust judge would ultimately give victory to this woman who was so persistent, God who is just, as we go back and as we keep praying, he will hear us and he will answer us and we cannot afford to give up. Sometimes we give up just before the breakthroughs come. Can you imagine praying for a month, two months, years, and then you just get so exhausted with praying that you say, God, well, I've been praying for a long time and you haven't answered me. So I'm going to move on from this. And you just don't know that right around the corner, the door that you've been knocking on all this time, that that door was ready to be opened in your lives. And so we have to keep knocking. We have to keep going until what we're believing for, until those things manifest. I love the title of your chapter, chapter six, Give Me My Mountain. I don't think I've ever heard that phrase before, but I think it's, it's really powerful. What, is, what exactly do you mean by that in, in, in when, you, when we say that you know, we can trust God? That chapter is about Caleb and his faithfulness and his persistence. And he came back with a good report. And God had so many things to say about Caleb that just gave us insight to the fact that this was a man who truly pursued God. Once he got to know him, he never turned back. In face of all the difficulties that he was dealing with, Caleb continued to pursue the Lord. And so after he had gone out and he came back with a good report, and the Israelites, along with Joshua, gave the good report. The Israelites were too afraid of the giants in the land. Caleb was very boisterous. He was very loud. It, he made it known that God was bigger than the giants. And so I want to say to our audience today, God is bigger than the giants that you are facing. And so we make these giants bigger than our God. And so here's what I saw in this story that was just such a beautiful revelation the Lord gave me. Caleb was ready to go into the promised land 40 years ago before the Israelites decided that they were not going to. And so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years plus, 20 years and older died off. And then Caleb was able to go in here and Joshua with the younger generation. The Lord said to me as I was writing this chapter, he said Caleb was ready to go in 40 years earlier, but because of his association, because of the people he was connected to, he could not go into the promised land by himself because he could not conquer without the support of that community, those Israeli people. So he was delayed for 40 years, not because he wasn't ready to go in and conquer the mountain, but because they weren't ready. And so the question and the comment the Lord gave me was, watch your association because they can delay you from getting into the promised land that God has for your lives in the season that God wants you to get there. So when he was finished, he said, give me my mountain. The promise that was given to Moses, Caleb said, give me my mountain. Joshua gave him his mountain and he conquered every enemy in his mountain. He drove them out. He refused to cohabitate with them as did some of the other Israeli clans. I think, you know, as you 
speaking of that, you know, giving my mountain and, and the difficulties that that he faced. I, I love what you said in the chapter, the wait is over, that the only way to deal with difficulties is to face them head on. And then how hard is that? And how do we do that? And, and while trusting God, we, we do it by remembering that we're not facing the difficulties by ourselves. Hmm. He promised that he would be with us, that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And so when we face a difficulty, we face it knowing that God is with us. I shared with you earlier that when I wrote this book, I had so many challenges. And this book took three years to write versus the two years that it typically, typically takes me to write a book. Because a few months after I started the book, I got a frozen shoulder. It took almost eight months for the shoulder to heal. And then I got shingles after that. And so all through the writing of this book, I'm persevering. I finished the book in 2019, getting ready to edit it in preparation for it to go to the, the publishing house. And then I came down with a diagnosis where I had to have emergency surgery. And so all through the writing of this book, it was a journey of saying, God, I know you're with me. Sometimes in the struggles, it did not feel as if he was there, but it is not about our feelings. It is about knowing that when God speaks a word to us, that word is truth. And so one of my fallback on scriptures, one of my favorite scriptures is numbers that talks about God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he not said it and will he not do it? So we have to know that we are backed with the word of God. When he gives us a promise, when he speaks something to us, when we're going through the difficult seasons, he is walking right there with us. And even when it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't mean that God is not there. He's right there with us. I love the um, the stories in uh, your chapter, Jesus Rescued Me. And I was just thinking, um, Joan, that I think there are people that, you know, listen to the radio and, and, and I'm sure you have people that come to your events that think, Joan, I'm, I'm too far gone. I'm afraid to ask. I've asked Jesus to rescue me so many times and I keep falling back into the pit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need I need some encouragement. I need some hope. Can I do it again? Can I ask him again? And you can. And that's the beauty of our God. He forgives and he gives us chances after chances after chances. As long as you're alive, hmm. as long as you're still on the planet, there is still an opportunity to turn around. And that's the faithfulness of God. And so in this chapter, we talked about the woman with the alabaster box. When Jesus rescued her from all those demons that possessed her. And when she went to pour this ointment on Jesus, this expensive perfume, a year's wages for her from her trade that she poured on the master. You know, one of the things I talked about in the book is that she did not approach him from the, the front. She approached him from the back because of the shame and the embarrassment of what her life had been. And when she got there, you could tell that she didn't have a plan to wash Jesus's feet. She went with nothing in her hands to do it. But when she got there and got to the feet of Jesus, you know, when we all fall at the feet of Jesus, that's where healing begins. And when she fell at the feet of Jesus and she began to pour out herself on him, 
it just, that place took her into a deeper worship of our God. And in that place of deeper worship, she may have left his presence emptying all that she had been, all her sins, all the bad decisions, the adultery, all the things she had done. She left all of that at his feet. So you would say she walked away empty. Yes. She walked away empty of all those sins, but filled to overflowing with forgiveness and love and compassion and mercy. And then Jesus defends her when the people were trying to talk about her. So that is for all of us. We all fall short. We all sin. But that's why we have grace. We're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. And if we would go back to God with a sincere heart and say, God, missed it again. God slipped up again. With that sincerity, he always will forgive and rescue us. And on the flip side of that, Joan, um, people might say, well, so many people have hurt me in my life. Yes. I can't trust people. I can't trust God. What's the difference? Yeah. And so I began the book talking about that. You know, forgiveness is not for the offender. Hmm. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is for you to release yourself from those who have hurt you. Somebody used the example of the people that have hurt you. They have gone on with their lives. They Sometimes they don't even realize what they have said or what they have done. And then at other times, they don't even care what they have said hmm. and what they have done. But here we are. We're the one who sits behind the prison walls. We're the ones who are locked up with the hate and it, you think of their names and you're, you're wishing that you could say something and do something to them. I don't know about you, but I'm not, some people are very quick when you do something to them. And so they come back with a rebuttal real quick. I'm not that person. I'm the person who mulls over it and think over it and say, <laughs> but I should have said. <laughs> yes. Then a lot of time, wasted time mulling over what we should have said instead of releasing the offender so that we are the one that's set free out of those prison walls. And so for God has given forgiveness for us so that we can be free and let the people go because you know what? God is a God of justice and he will take care of them as we continue to trust him. One last thing I would love for you, uh, Joan, just to say a quick prayer for someone who's having a hard time trusting God and believing in the promises that he says in the Bible that are true. Love to. So Father, here we are, and we're just so thankful that you love us. In spite of anything we have done, you love us. And I pray for those today who are having a hard time trusting you, trusting your word, trusting your promises. Father, would you remind them of the many times in their lives when you rescued them, would you remind them of the many markers of your goodness when they did not know how they were going to make it? And when they came on the other side of the situation, they wondered how they got there. Would you tell them today that it was you who carried them through that difficult season? Father, we trust that you are able to do for them exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what they can ask or think or imagine. Proverbs says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and to not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The Lord 
Your children need directions today. They need hope. Would you anchor them in you? And would you remind them that you're a good father and you will never keep any good thing from those who walk uprightly before you? This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what would it take for you to make a healthy change in your life, to, to make those healthy choices you've been wanting to do for years? Well, Elisa Keaton, I think, has the answer for you in her book called The Wellness Revelation. So she's going to talk about her book and a really cool website that she founded years ago to help you get fit that now is absolutely free for you. So we'll talk about all that next week in the 30 Second Book Club podcast.